Hello and welcome to Come Out and Play, the D&D podcast that's all trans, all the time. My name is Benjamin, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be your DM for this campaign. I am Shay, I use they, them pronouns. I am playing Alusha, who uses she, her pronouns, and she is a noble elf. I'm Mel, I use they, them pronouns, and I will be portraying Terpsichore, a all-around fun person to be with, and who uses a variety of pronouns. I'm Chris, I play Rill, and we both use he, him pronouns. My name is Moss, I use ze, them pronouns, and I'm playing Ember, who uses they, them pronouns. They are a human paladin of the singing flame. So first thing, just to get it out of the way, retrospectively, could Ember and Terpsichore both roll me investigation checks, please? Sure. Yes, I don't know why. Yeah, I have no idea why. Let's see, what die are we going to use? That's a point. I've got my physical die. Oh, nat 20! I can find all of my actual physical dice, except for the d20, which is really useful when you're playing a D&D game. I've just, like, I've just had them out, and now I've put them down, and something terrible has happened. Give me a second. So that was a one plus zero. Um, that was one. Okay, so Tubsikari noticed nothing at all. Ember, at some point during the day, you realise that you know that lady that you bought the birch wine off. Mm-hmm. She was definitely in some kind of magical disguise. Oh. So at some point you realise that. Um, you have spent a night in the town of Bridal on the ocean, on the far side of the mountains from where you started. You have gone on a sightseeing trip to Anchor Point at the edge of the world where the sky and the sea and the land and the end all meet. You have fought some kind of monster from the void, or at least that's where it came charging out of. Rill threw some stones into the void, but did not follow them. <laughs> you have come back, not quite been run out of town for looking very suspicious and being, and Ember, just Ember, being covered in blood. And then you have, you have then just, you know, you've just travelled down the, the coastal road towards your original goal and were mostly not followed. And, and you've, found a nice place to make a camp, and did some religion. Could I have, please, some indication of who, if anyone, is keeping watch? I imagine we'd take rounds, right? Yeah, probably. I think Terpsichore would never volunteer, but will <laughs> keep watch if pressed. Uh. Ember absolutely would volunteer. Um, so they'd probably be willing to take like the middle of the night, most like a worst. Maybe, maybe I should have that one, considering okay. Real wiggles his hands and his eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. A, a valid okay. point. Ember. We'll take first watch then. 
Okay. I'm really in the middle, and then who's going to do the early morning one? Um, I can. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what, what does that mean? I mean, Topsikiri is getting a good night's sleep. <laughs> okay, so all three of you, while you're keeping watch, notice things. Ember going first. You you know, you're just keeping an eye out around the campsite. There's the fire nicely banked down to, to keep you warm. There's the, the rustling noises of the forest around you, but you're familiar with not this forest, but forests. And you have the distinct impression that there is some purposeful movement in amongst the undergrowth. Slow and careful, but you You'll hear a noise, and then there will be a long pause of a couple of minutes, but then you will hear another noise from the same direction. Hmm. But if you look that way, you're not, you're finding it hard to see anything. There's just where you're camped by the road. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's wildlife. But. You, you have this lingering impression that there's something in the woods. Hmm. Well, they're not going to investigate it right now, but they will make note to tell the next person on watch what's up and also to maybe investigate in the morning if uh, things persist. Mm-hmm. And also, they're going to keep their axes close by okay. when they eventually go to sleep. Uh, Rill, in the middle. Um, you can see a lot better into the darkness. You keep an eye out for whatever noises Ember was hearing, but you can't, can't spot anything that really rouses your suspicions. Until it's getting towards the end of your watch and you're, you're starting to think about waking Alusha up to take their turn. And you can see a deer, a, a, a stag, just walking through mm-hmm. the trees nearby. But as you look at it, the longer you look, the stranger it looks. And what at first you thought were deer's hooves... As it's walking, they start to look like maybe bird claws. Huh. And the antlers have little buds on them, like maybe leaf buds. And it, it's coming closer through the woods. Okay. I'm going to hold very still. And can I make a nature check to see if... Sure. Real doesn't know much about surface like life so maybe this is a normal deer he just hasn't seen before oh oh boy that's a three (laughs) (laughs) you're not sure okay It, it, it is it is still coming closer and you realize you're not hearing any rustling from the undergrowth you're not hearing it tread on sticks or leaves as you 
look, you can see that it just sort of slightly phases through a sprig of holly, just passes straight through its body as it's coming closer. Can I cast Dispel Magic on it? Sure. Okay. I, I don't know if it's a creature, an object, or a magical effect, but it, it affects all of them. Um, so any spell of third level or lower on the target ends. If it's fourth level or higher, then I have to make an ability check. Um, okay. I'm, if I get to pick, I'm just going to go with straight third level or lower, put it at like third level. Um, I, th- I think you probably do need to make the ability check, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So the DC is 10 plus spells level, and then I need to make a check. Eight. Okay. Um, if anyone wants to be woken up by Rill's verbal components of this spell, feel free. I'll be woken up. If you're looking, you can you can see the same thing that Rill can. Hello, sir. What you see is you, you cast your Dispel Magic spell and you, you see the sort of wave of energy pass towards this entity. And the image sort of ripples as your spell passes through. And it goes from mostly looking like a deer to as it turns its face towards you for a moment, you see these huge feathered eyes like an owl. And then the body wafts out of existence and you see a hanging blue flame in the air. Briefly as it flickers, you see curling ram's horns and the sockets of an empty skull. And then it collapses back into a flame and shoots off into the forest. Lucia? Yeah. Do, um, do your deer do that normally? Not to my knowledge. Uh, should we go... What, what do you... Should we go follow it? Uh... Maybe we should wake everybody else up first, or... Probably, yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll shake the other two awake then. It has been long enough that you will all get your your long rest benefits. What is it? Did did the rustling turn out to be something? Well, it was a deer, and then the deer was on fire, and and then it sort of went that way. Uh, I typically perks up at the on fire part, and then unperks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're gonna follow it. I, I think it's close enough that we can. All right, let's go. And Ember jumps up and is ready to run. Okay, fine. Tipsigree is less um, quickly ready, but you know, it's ready. You can't see the entity anymore, so neither Ember nor Tipsigree can. Well, none of you can see it, but neither of you two saw it. You go out to where you were looking at the original deer, and you can't, you know, you're scouting around, but you can't find any tracks. So you, in the end, you just have to go with, it went up in a straight line that way, mm-hmm. and, and follow the direction that it went. 
you walk for a while, probably after the first quarter mile, half mile, the forest around you, and this would be particularly recognisable to Alusha and Ember, goes from mostly wild forest to managed forest. So the mix of trees doesn't really change, but the spacing between the trunks becomes more regular. You can see where some of the undergrowth has sometimes been cut back. Some of the trees have been pollarded, so they're producing multiple slender trunks that are good for poles rather than a single trunk. You can see the occasional scar, especially in the birch trees where they've been opened up for the sap. Someone is is using this forest, someone is living here. And after three quarters of a mile, you come to a clearing. In the centre there is a slender stone tower of maybe 40 feet high. And around the outside of the tower are a pair of spiral staircases in the same local granite up to a, a basic pointed roof. Huh. Mm. Shall we go say hello? Uh, I mean, we could. That's the why thing we... we could do. I don't see why we would come out all this way if we didn't. Alrighty. Well, how about you lead the way then? Yep. Gladly. And Ember starts jogging up the stairs. Okay. As you're climbing, you don't see any windows. You don't see any doors. Mm, you do okay. see that all of the stones in the walls, all of them, the outer surface that you can see, have carvings on them. They have text carved on them. Oh. Is it in a known alphabet? I mean, you've all recently been in Dwarven Ruins. Hmm. So whether or not you can read it, you could recognise this as being the Dwarven script. I think once Rill realises that, like, he can actually read them, he'd probably slow down and, like, look at a couple? Their names. Just to see if they said any... Oh. Every individual stone has a different name carved on it and a sequential number. And some of them will have smaller numbers also carved on underneath the name. Like, well, I guess Ember wouldn't be seeing this. Never mind. Well, I mean, Rill would sort of explain what they are, what he, what he thinks they are, at least. Are they, like, birth and death dates? I think so. They don't they don't look like dates. They just look like numbers. Just like a list of, of numbers? So you know, starting from one at the bottom and climbing as it goes around and up oh, oh, I the see. tower, the number increases, so each stone is, is labelled. And then some of them also have other numbers but only some of them and the second numbers and also not in date format. It's just some of them refer to other numbers. I think 
this number here is the number for the amount or the sequential order of the brick, but I'm not I don't know about these other ones. I mean I can I can read what they say, but I don't know what the reference point is. I mean a big monument in the middle of nowhere with a bunch of names on. This feels a bit a bit grave markery, right? It does to me. Yeah. Are we sure this is where the skull thing came from? It it headed this way. And this is the first thing we found, so also grave markery and skull seem to go together. Yeah. Has anyone gone up to the, the top of this little tower? Ember's definitely still heading up to the top. Okay. Um when you get there what you will see is that there is a gap between the top of the wall and the roof and the whole structure is hollow inside you don't see a way down there's just kind of like a viewing platform and neither the staircases nor the platform actually touch the stones of the tower they're just close by it looking down inside the hollow center of the tower is just full of weapons to about halfway up most of them are distinctly rusted but there's just a few down there that you can see are are fairly untouched by by time and the elements it's just a mass of rusting iron axes and swords in there and still no sign of this fiery deer no Real, you would recognize that almost all of these names, I mean, they are, they're all written out in the formal style. So they have the individual's name and their clan name and then their mountain hold. And that third name of where they're from on almost all of these is Doral. Uh. You do see some here and there that don't have three names. They just have two. And in all of those, the second name, what should be a clan name, just says Dwaro, which means dwarf. Is there, there's like a, enough room at the top of this platform to, like for all of us to stand on, right? Yes, yeah. It, it does kind of encircle the thing. And there, there's actually two staircases as well. Oh, right. Presumably so that a viewer can get a look at all of the stones if they want to. All right. Will's going to take his backpack off and sort of fumble around in it for a minute and then pull out his journal and um, flip through it and tear out another page that has the uh, letter on it that he copied down. Mm -hmm. Um, He's going to fold it very neatly and then sort of lean in and drop it on top of the pile of weapons. Okay. You would all see that Rilla's torn a page of of his own writing um, in common out of his notebook and has dropped it down into the well. And it just floats gently down as paper generally does and settles on the pile. What was that about? 
that was you remember that weird notebook we found in the in the caves, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was that bit that we were interested in that we couldn't read. That, oh, you couldn't read. I just thought it seemed like a I don't know, a place that this would belong. Hmm. Maybe that's why we were brought here, I don't know. I kind of like to leave, though. What was that? I said maybe that's why we were brought here, but I mean, I kind of like to leave. Yeah, let's let's leave. What's noticeable as as you're coming down, you're looking sort of more around the clearing itself than, than at the tower. You can see little tracks through the grass. You can see that this is maintained. There's not so many weeds around the bottom of the stonework as, as you would expect. The grass is shorter. There are little footpaths kind of worn by someone's passage. And in the tree line, now mostly overgrown, you can see that there were some wooden huts or buildings. Those all now look abandoned, but the, the, the foot traffic looks like it's still happening. Do they look like they were purposefully abandoned, or do they look like they were attacked? Um, no, they, they don't look like they've been burned down or besieged or anything. They just look like they went out of use. Okay. There is one... If you're as, as you're looking over in that direction, you can see there is one small squat stone building over there as well, with definite foot traffic up to that one. Should we go check out that building before we head completely out? Real grimaces for a second, and then says, "Yeah, we ought to be thorough." I'm deeply curious and. Deeply confused. So am I. And he's going to lead the way over to the building. Okay. It's a square stone building with a a solid stone roof, slightly pointed to shed the rain. Parts of it are overgrown. Um, There's like a curtain of ivy across the near side. But the closer you look at it, the more deliberate it looks. Like it's been encouraged to grow and hang down over that side of the building. And if anyone goes and takes a close look at it, um, they will see that it's it's hanging over a, a, a tunnel with a recessed door in it. I definitely want to go through that door. And you said there's, like, there's obviously, like, still foot traffic coming this way, right? Yeah, there's a, a little footpath worn through the grass and, and the the bits of undergrowth in the tree line. This looks much more like someone who's trying to make it look like this building isn't in use than like a building that isn't in use. Hmm. All right. Rill's going to clap Ember on the shoulder and then Wentz because he just clapped metal. Uh, <laughs> why, don't, why don't you go first on this one, maybe? Is it dark? It's dim where you've stepped through the ivy curtain. But you haven't opened the door yet, so. Okay. Well, I'm uh, I'm gonna knock on the door first. You knock on the door. It it makes the sound you would expect from a wooden door. 
<laughs> nothing appears to happen. Um, if I look around, does it look like there's any, like, uh, does it look like anything will happen if I open the door? Could you roll me an investigation check, please? <laughs> yes. Thirteen. You don't see any sign of traps. You also don't see any sign of locks. It just looks like a door. Cool. I'm going to open it. Right, you open the door. Nothing happens. It opens. <laughs> there is a passageway, a broad passageway, going straight down some steps. It is dark inside. I'm going to light a candle and head in. Hold on, keep your hands free. I'll I'll put out some dancing lights. Okay. It illuminates a, a tunnel that has been I mean, none of you are experts in mining. But you figure that this has been kind of cut down into the earth and then kind of lined with stone. So you're on stone steps as you go down and you've got stone walls and, and a slightly ribbed ceiling with the same curved kind of archway that you remember from inside the Doral Mines. And it stretches off in front of you for 50 feet or so at the bottom of the stairs before there's, there's like a T-junction 50 feet ahead of you. I'm walking in. Okay. How careful are you being? Extremely. Okay. Please roll me another investigation check. Okay, you you step forward and after about 10 feet, the flagstone under your heel presses down. And I need you to roll a dexterity save, please. Okay, time to switch dice because that die just keeps (laughs) going lower. It went 20, 13 and 10. Uh, dexterity saving. Uh-huh. Oh, good. That's plus zero. That's a seven. Oh, no. You feel it sink under your heel, but you don't react quite fast enough. Instead, you look down to see what just happens. So the wooden spikes springing up from the floor catch you entirely by surprise. Oh, no. Oh. And you okay. take six piercing damage. Ouch. As they spike up into you and then they stay up because you know you haven't moved off the pressure plate yet it looks like this whole section of floor sort of 10 feet by 10 feet is a spike trap and if you step on any part of it all of the spikes spring upwards cool uh so i'd advise not doing what i just did can you, can you get off of it? Come back this way. Yeah, yeah, I, I do that. <laughs> As you step backwards, they sink back into the floor. They are maybe five feet long. They don't go all the way up to the ceiling. Oh, that was uncomfortable. Does it look like there's a path that's visible that doesn't involve... Getting stabbed by these spikes. 
you you take a look around for any obvious like triggers or off switches. You don't you don't see any. I mean, your memory of when the spikes came up is that you probably could squeeze in between them if you knew where they were. Hmm. You know, once they were up, you could probably sidle your way through the through the spaces between them. A lesser mortal might guess that the hidden door in the graveyard that leads to a corridor lined with traps might indicate that we're not entirely welcome here. But don't you want to know what's, what it's about? Don't you want to know I mean, what it leads to? Admittedly, yes. Yeah, come on. We've never seen anything like this. This is... No. And interesting. And important. All right. I think it's um, worth checking. And I would like to move forwards, take out my quarterstaff, and lean on the pressure plate so that I'm stood behind the spikes. Nice work, yeah. Putting my weight into them. Find a, a little crack between flagstones to get a bit of a grip into and you lean down hard and the spikes spring up to about five foot high and stay up as long as you are leaning on that staff. But do you think you're going to be able to get between these? Ember might struggle because of the armour, but it should be possible. There's about ten feet worth of spikes. And then bare floor again. Is there any indication that after this pressure plate, there's another one after the ten feet of spikes? I think you would need to get a little closer and look. Yeah. Um, So you squeeze your way in between the spikes, stand at the edge of the spike patch, and take as good a look at the floor as you can. Uh, You don't see... You can see that these spikes have sprung up through carved little holes in the flagstones to make room for them. You don't see any of those holes in the next stretch of floor. Then I will carefully step through to the next patch of floor. Nothing immediately happens. And I will wait for others to come through before continuing. Uh, Rail will follow behind and take a look at the next couple of patches of floor as far as he can look. Could you roll another investigate me? Six. Floor looks fine. Looks fine. All right. Do the other two follow? Yes. Squeeze your weight. Three between the spikes, and as the the last person's foot leaves the spike patch, they creak gently and withdraw themselves back into the floor. But now you know where it is, so you would at least know not to run onto it. Who's in the lead here? I feel like it's again. I feel like it's still Ember. Yeah, probably. Just based on having been in the lead. Unless anybody like pushed their way forward. Nope. No. No. No, you're good. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to look like a pen cushion by the time we get through. (laughs) This is what paladins are for. It is, but I feel bad about it. (laughs) As you proceed forward, after about another ten feet, 
<laughs> on each side, each wall, you see like a big carved face with open eyes and an open mouth and a very mean frown carved on the face in the wall. And I need you to roll another dexterity save, please. All right. On to die number three. <laughs> okay, that's a 15. This time you are fast enough. As you come level with the faces, you get a, just a glimpse of a flame in one of the mouths and you jump back just as a gout of flame sprays across the width of the hallway. Just barely misses singeing you. So watch out for that. Duly noted. Yeah. And I continue forward, still keeping in mind that there have been traps and there will be more. Are you, are you taking any measures to avoid the flyer or are you just hoping it hasn't oh. recharged yet? Uh, I guess, does it look like there's a way to go through without triggering the fire? Do an investigation check for me, please. Uh, I'm too dumb for this. <laughs> this is this is definitely <laughs> the role of a paladin, is checking for traps and disarming them. <laughs> yeah. We don't have a party rogue. That's a 12. Um, you, you, you can see that the flame comes out of the mouth of the carved face. Um, and as you're peering, you, can, you, know, you take the risk of looking straight into the hole. And it seems to go back quite a long way. Okay, there's a black, empty space behind it. But you don't see any triggers. You don't see any ways to disable it. You just see the, the carved face. Was there a way uh, to walk through and like, like the fire, yeah. I can tell where the fire's coming from. Yeah. So yeah. is it, is it possible to? It's, it's fairly height central in, in the wall. You could try to kind of sneak past the, the bottom edge of it, but it, it would be difficult. If I just like, army crawled along the floor. You, you could give it a go. I mean, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? There's fire. I'm trying to not get... I mean... Wait, hold on. If there's one thing I know about fire, stand back, stand back, stand back. Oh, okay. I will take my, quarter, my trusty quarterstaff once again, because you should never leave home without... I mean, it's not an 11-foot pole, but, you know, it helps. But with yeah. a six-foot pole, yeah. Yeah. Um... And I'm going to. Was it like? Was it like on the floor again? The trigger. You haven't found a trigger. You've just found a hole that the flame comes out of, which is in the mouth of a carved face in the wall. Oh, okay. So you don't know what set it off then. Uh, hmm, that's awkward. Uh, ah, oh, no, no. I had a good idea, but it relies on it being the, the floor thing again. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's see. Um. And I'm just going to uh, throw caution to the wind, back off a few steps, and then make a running jump past it. Okay, <laughs> wrong dexterity <laughs> save. Oh, hell yeah. Um, do I get advantage for my running jump? Do you have a reason to have advantage for it? I'm moving faster than usual. No. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, well, I don't need it because that was a 22 on my dexterity saving throw. You you jump so fast that while the flame does spurt out and wash a chunk of corridor in flame, it misses you entirely. There's just a warm breeze on your back. Hmm. I'll shout back. That seemed to work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite sure that I can jump like that. Um, hmm. I'm going to summon an illusion of a particularly uh, short drow in front of it. <laughs> Is it a static illusion or a mobile one? A, um, I think I can actually um, make it move if I want to. Let me check. Uh, no, no, it's a static image. Okay. What's your spell save? Oh, spell save DC was 12 a little while, but I think it's 13 now. Yeah, 13. There is a, a gout of flame comes out into your unreal drow, obviously doing nothing to it, just putting more char on the walls. I'm going to leave that unreal drow there and see if it keeps shooting flame. It doesn't. It does it once. And then when that spurt of flame is done, there isn't another one. I think there might be a member of the nobility stood by a lever behind this, t- behind this door. <laughs> I think... I mean, maybe. I mean, it could be... Hey, can I make an arcana check? Sure. Oh, that was a, a five. <laughs> it's trying to work out if you could, like, magically automate this. You're not sure with a five. I'm going to lean into one of the eyes and say, hey, can you stop trying to kill us and stuff? That would be neat. Roll perception (laughs) for me. Roll perception or deception? Perception. Perception, my best roll. That would be a five. (laughs) It's dark in there. (laughs) Um, Ember, do you have a shield? I do. Can we just, like, Smush that in front, like have Tip Zachary smush that in front of the mouth thing, and then we just walk by it. I mean, I don't want to ruin my shield. Well, I don't want to be caught on fire. How big are the holes? There's holes in the eyes, right? The eyes are hollow? Yeah, the eyes are hollow. Um, the flame has been coming out of the mouth. I'm going to lean over the top of it and stick a, t- a tartu in each eye. <laughs> the, hole, the holes are slightly slightly too big for it to make a really snug bit um, but yeah you can do that nothing nothing tries to bite you <laughs> I am prepared to sacrifice two chews per eye if it will make, if it will make a better solution <laughs> I thought you were just going to stick your whole ass hand in there and I was going to say he's going to lose my hand Okay, you, you have you have put tar in the eyes of the thing. Check off star cheese. Finally fine. <laughs> so we basically just MacGyvered that shit. Mm. Well, we still don't know if it works. Can can I you move the can, can you move the illusory drow back and then you know back in front of it? I mean I can resummon it. Alright. That's easy enough. 
Yeah, I mean, as far as this thing's concerned, it is the same thing. Maybe. Um, Maybe. I do that. Nothing happens. Oh, I beckon someone to move across real quick, and I do it. And I'm like, shh. Does, does, someone, does someone come across real quick? And oh. quiet. Who's feeling flame retardant? <laughs> Who's feeling fast? <laughs> Real will try and very quickly, like, run across this, this gap. Roll me a DC, uh, a dex save. Okay. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> oh, 22. <laughs> you, you are faster than the flames. <laughs> The flames do still go off, though. They do still go off. Oh. Does not appear that sacrificial tartus have Sorry. disabled the trap. <laughs> I thought it would work better. I say th- around around a fifth tartu. <laughs> <laughs> Who else is still on the on this side? Is it just me and Shay, or I me and yeah, Lucia? Okay. Um, I'm gonna. Hashtag bless both of us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and please. I'm going to try running across. Dex save, please. Yes, yes. <laughs> and I will add that. Okay, that's a 17. You make it. Help? It, it is the shield. You kind of put the shield up and it licks up the shield and doesn't, doesn't quite get you. Um... Could everyone please roll perception? Just to see how this goes. Oh, uh, 21. That's going to be an 8 for me. 13. 9. Okay, Rill, you hear an, an, a noise of rushing air that could possibly be a gasp? From behind the wall, where the face is. Huh. I. I don't know, but there might be somebody back there. Did you see anybody when you looked in? I mean, no, but it's pretty dark. Also, there's these tarchies in the way. <laughs> <laughs> Try around the mouth instead of the eyes. I don't think they need any more tarchies. I mean, I've got a feeling that. I mean, I, tr- I thought, like, I mean, I've, I've only got so many Tarchis. Well, I don't want you to sacrifice. Just go, you're charismatic. Go do something. Um. Hi. We're not, like, marauders or anything. We actually came here for funerary purposes. And then we got really curious and we're nice, really, question mark? Do you, do you say the question mark part? I think I say the question mark. <laughs> roll, roll me persuasion, please. Roll face palms. Love to persuade. Wait, where do I have? Oh, I don't actually have. I'm not actually proficient in, in persuasion. That's 17. The face in the wall does not respond. I mean, reasonable. I mean, I thought I heard a gasp, but it also could have been, like, I don't know, an airbag being refilled or something. I, I, don't, I don't know how this thing works. Or a rush of air from all the flames that just came out. Yeah. 
right. Let's let's keep going. Well, hang on a second. Shay still needs to go across. Yeah. Oh, that's right. At least she does. But you get to add a four to your roll. I think right now Alusha is debating whether or not she should wolf out and then go, or if... oh, yeah, test test out your new armor. <laughs> because well, so because she's faster uh, in wolf form, but she's not as dexterous in wolf form. Uh, so, you should across. try to decide before a minute passes. Right. <laughs> I think. Hmm. I think for narrative interesting sake, let's say that she wolfs out. Uh, full no. wolf or hybrid form? Um, full wolf. Okay. You turn into a wolf and your clothes, having been replaced with quick change clothes, sort of flutter to the floor in a pile of pieces. Um, your armor shifts and stretches around you. and You are now a large mean, tough-looking wolf with unusually long claws and unusually long teeth, but still fundamentally wolf-shaped. Wearing leather armour, which is kind of cute. (laughs) (laughs) So cute. Before I make a run for it, can I pick up my clothes in in my jowls? Absolutely. Okay. Although, as you change, you do hear a a, a sort of rustly, thumpy noise from behind the face in the wall. Okay. Uh, I'm just gonna... Gonna run across? I'm just gonna go. Yeah. Deck save, please. Okay. You can add a d4 if you need to. That's gonna be... Um, wait, I'm trying to figure out the differences between Alusha's stats and then werewolf stats. Because I rolled... So I rolled a 15. It's a plus one. Oh, plus one. Okay, so 16. Yeah, you make it across. The The fire comes late and not as enthusiastically as previous gouts of flame have been. Hmm. Can I can I start feeling around on the wall for, like, I don't know, like a hidden like brick that you can press down on and open a door or something? Like, can I... I feel sure. like there's something here. I don't know. Sure, roll some investigation for me. That's an 11. Rill, you see something odd about the floor ahead of you. You are coming up to the T-junction, but just before the junction, where previously it's been flagstones, there's just something kind of odd about the next section. Like, instead of separate flagstones, it was maybe one section that had been carved to look like flagstones. Is it small enough that we can just, like, step over it? No, it it runs the full width of the corridor and ten feet in length, so it's a ten by ten area. Huh. Okay. Can I make some kind of check to figure out what this is or what kind of trap this is going to set off? (laughs) Yeah, that'll be another investigation. All right. Oh, no. (laughs) Uh, seven. Okay. You poke around on the walls. You don't find anything. I mean, you can't... You're trying to avoid going out onto it, so it's not like you can feel all the way along. But you don't find anything on the walls. 
and you sort of kneel down and sort of feel along the edge of that section. You don't you don't notice anything that like feels like a trigger. Uh huh. But your companions are, of course, now aware that there is something odd about the floor, even the ones who didn't see it. Right. I'm going to point out, like, the 10-foot section that's all the way across, you know. All right, there's something weird going on here, but I I, I don't know. It looks like it's supposed to be flagstone, but it's not. I don't know what it does, but I don't think we can jump over it unless you're feeling particularly froggy. I mean, I could personally levitate over it, but I mean, I could actually get I could levitate all of us over. I could just levitate us down this corridor. Do you want us to levitate? Yes. <laughs> Should have mentioned that earlier. Well, you know. Um, yeah, okay. We'll need to be able to like push off of things, but apart from that. I can help with that. Okay, I've got to do, like... Okay, so here's the deal. I can't... Hmm. I can only levitate two people at once. Oh, I can get the other two. Wait, you can levitate people now? Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. Can you levitate two people at once, though? Uh, no, I can't. I mean, can... is not a people right now. Well, it can be creature. Yeah, you, you are still a medium-willing creature, so that... I mean, if you could... We could put Alusha on somebody's back? I don't think that works, probably. Well, I mean, she's not levitating, but they'd be, you know, being carried, which I, I think would be okay. I think what that would do would be um, drag down whoever they're going to do. It's fine. What I can do is I can levitate two people. You can levitate yourself. You can all go down the corridor. And then I can end the spell, and I can levitate myself. And it'll be fine. Well, we can levitate things up to 500 pounds, and I think if we're just carrying, like, a, another person, I don't yeah, think it counts. Yeah, but this is, this is magic. It's arcana. You can't just levitate things. You can't get around arcane, arcane limitations like that. You absolutely can. I think. Hey. Real <laughs> <Ril laughs> crosses right. his arms and... <laughs> Is is immediately doubting his own like sounding very confident. Right, come on, Ember. Do you want to be levitated? Yes, please. I want to fly. Fantastic. <laughs> um, I'm going to take out my bit of golden wire, and um, I'm going to wave it around, and I'm going to levitate both of us. And I believe because you're willing, that just works, doesn't it? Yep. Mm. Yeah, you you um, drift up. And bump gently against the top of the, the arched corridor as if you had drunk fizzy lifting drinks. <laughs> you do not have any fly speed, so if you want to move forward, you have to kind of push yourself along the ceiling. Yeah. And we could sort of, you know, enders game it and push ourselves off each other. All right. Alicia, why don't you try climbing on me? Okay, uh, yeah, so Alusha kind of nods her wolfy head and gives a little huff and jumps up onto Tips the Creek. And you both drift gently back to the floor. Aww. I'm good at this arcana stuff. 
All right, fine. Thought we could weasel around it, but... Right, I've now got... I'm now levitating the wrong people. How long is the rest of this? You've got, after the 10 feet of weird floor, there's a T-junction of the corridor on the other side appears to also be 10 feet wide. And runs at right angles across the end yeah. of this one. Yeah, I'm now I'm now casting on the wrong people, come to think of it. Hmm. Well, well, that's... Well, I mean, in wolfy form, Alusha can, like, do more athletic stuff, right? Probably manage a ten-foot jump. Yeah, come to think of it. Um, Alusha, let's see. She's stronger and faster. Um... And has a higher constitution. Yeah. And has a lot more hit points, too, so. Right, well, why don't I try... I'm going to try and, like, pull myself along to the T-junction so I can at least see what's up ahead. I'm following. The, the corridor has turns in it. Um, sort of gentle curves on, in both directions. You can't see all the way around, but it, it looks like you've come to, to at least part of a circle, like like your like the edge of a circle is stretching away in both directions. It's about ten feet wide. Off on the right, fairly close to you, within ten, fifteen feet of the junction, you can see a set of stairs, just a, a low rise of maybe six stairs. Um, and on the other side, there's a gradual upward slope. Which way is, like, the way that the face was? Left. Well, there, were, there were faces on both sides, but all of the fire was coming out the one on the left. Well, should we just scout out a bit, Ember? Yeah. Um, do we want to each head a different direction? I mean, we're in no particular hurry. And I can keep us levitating for ten minutes, so... I like that plan. Let's go to left. Okay. You go left. The, the corridor is fairly featureless. It's just this long, curving corridor. Sorry, my brain went there. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a long, curving corridor. You're not seeing really any breaks in, in the walls or in the floor to, to indicate anything going on. Um, there is a shallow channel down the centre of the floor, maybe a couple of inches deep, mm. foot or so wide, just running down the centre. Well, that definitely looks like something to float over. Yeah. Yeah, let's press on. I'm still not entirely clear why we're doing this, but, you know, it's nice to be with friends. It's nice <laughs> to get to hang out. How far are you going? Also, how fast can you go by? Uh, notionally, our climbing speed, which I think is about a half hour movement. That sounds right. Yeah, that sounds right. Half your, half your regular speed sounds right for climbing, because it's basically difficult terrain. Does that make sense? Cool. Um, how, how far do you plan on going? Um, after about... After about 60 feet, you'll be coming... You'll be far enough around the curve that you start to lose sight of your companions. I mean, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with going for up to about five minutes. Okay. Yeah, sounds good to me. After about 30 seconds, you, you will lose sight of your companions who are 
presumably still standing in the bit of corridor behind you. Mm-hmm. Avoiding the flagstones and in front of them and the fire behind them. After about a full minute, you finally see a, a break in the smoothness. And what you see is a stone door on the inner wall of the circle with a, a small metal grill um, at about three feet high set into the door. Well, I imagine we want to open this door and see what's inside. Uh, but do we want to? bring our companions this way before doing that? I mean, maybe the further we go into this, the more this just feels like a home invasion. I mean, it's not a home. Well. Suppose you've got a point. But it's so... Interesting, and I'm so curious. Yeah, see that thing I said about singerites. Yeah. About what? Oh, sorry. It was. It was. It was like. It was like days ago. You probably don't remember. I see. I think as you are having this conversation and looking at the door, you would be able to see at least the suggestion of a face behind the grill. Oh. Hi, hi there. Um, hi. hi. We're curious. <laughs> we don't have anything <laughs> for you, but... Do you have any postal packages you need sending down the road? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the face at first, like, ducks away from the door, realising it's been seen, and then you hear... Very softly, someone say, what? Wookie Hole, like Cheddar Gorge, a real place that is not a joke. <laughs>